We're continuing in week two of our series, Wonder, for just a few moments this morning. Our text is taken from the book of Luke, chapter two, which beginning in verse eight says this. It says that that night, some shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, everybody say the word, suddenly. What's that mean? You were just doing something a second before and then something suddenly breaks in on you. And there's nothing in the scripture that tells us that the shepherds were extra holy or that the shepherds were especially making room for angels to show up. They were just doing what they were doing in the middle of the night and the angels arrived. Suddenly an angel appeared to them and the landscape shone brightly with the glory of the Lord and they were terrified, the scripture says. But the angel reassured them saying, Don't be afraid, I will bring you the best news ever announced. And it is for everyone, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem. How will you recognize him? You will find a baby wrapped in a blanket, lying in a manger, and suddenly, there it is again, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God. Glory to God in the highest heaven, they sang, and peace on earth for all those pleasing him. When this great army of angels had returned again to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, wow, that was something pretty special. Come on, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they ran to the village, found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story expressed astonishment. Then the shepherds went back again to their fields and flocks, praising God for the visit of the angels and because they had seen the child, just as the angel had told them. Now, that might be an unfamiliar translation to read from. It's the Good News translation. Some of you might be more familiar with English Standard Version or the King James Version. If you've seen the, I think it's the 1965 Peanuts thing, a Charlie Brown Christmas, when Linus stands up to read, he reads strangely from the King James Version. I'm not going to do a Linus voice. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And I deliberately chose a different translation because sometimes what happens in Christmas is that we become so familiar with the way it's done. We buy our tree at the same time every year. We put the same decorations up in the same place. We invite the same people over. We buy the same things. We plan the same kind of meal. We buy gifts at about the same time for about the same kind of people. And eventually, what we realize we're doing is we're getting into this sort of tradition of Christmas. And if we're not careful, what we do is Christmas just breezes by and we miss what Christmas is all about. And actually, in that Charlie Brown story, they're putting on a pageant And the end of the story, they come to the point and and someone turns to Linus and asks if he could tell them what Christmas is all about. And so he reads that story. A group of night workers, the shepherds, night workers like anyone else. I wonder if we told the story about other night workers. Who else works at night? I can't hear you. Second shift. Anyone here work at night regularly? Airport workers, I'm sure there's people that keep the airports going at night. There's taxi drivers that work at night. There's people in hospitals that work all night. There are security guards. There are soldiers. 
working at night. And I wonder if the story was told again, it would be that the angels appeared to a bunch of airport workers standing around in the middle of the airport, bored in the middle of the night. They've offloaded the last bag that there was to load, and suddenly this angel shows up. And while the rest of us are sleeping, something miraculous and amazing happens at Hartsfield Airport. But this is the interesting thing. They were chosen because they were actually awake at the right time. The angel decided when he was showing up, and the only people that he could find maybe were the shepherds. Everyone else was doing what we do, which is what I think all of us do if we're not careful during Christmas. We sleep at the right time. We're not awake at the right time. And they were chosen also because of their characteristics. These are a bunch of guys who are ready to respond. The angel shows up, and I wonder whether any of us would have done what they did after the angel showed up and the mighty host of heaven, the armies of God. We see the host of God and singing with us in the middle of this field, in the middle of the night. And when it all quietens down, and I look at Daniel and I said, man, that was pretty special. That ain't never happened before. Aren't you glad you were here with me in the middle of the night? And we say, well, shouldn't we do what they told us to do and go into Bethlehem? And if we go into Bethlehem, we might see the little baby in the manger that they told us would be in the manger. These are a bunch of people who are awake at the right time and were ready to respond. Maybe that's why the angel chose them. And more than that, they were ready to talk about what they saw. And so maybe they were chosen because they had the biggest mouths in Bethlehem. And the angels were just having a conversation, who should we go to? Well, there's these guys, and they're a little afraid and a little introverted. If we go to them, they won't do one thing about it. And there are these guys in the, in the fields, and they're bored, and it's the middle of the night, and if we tell them, they're bound to do something, and we've been watching them. They're just going to talk about it, and they're going to tell everyone. So we're going to have a little interactive thing here. I'm going to give you 30 seconds, and in those 30 seconds, you have to think of the most exciting thing that ever happened to you. Right, so begin thinking, and 30 seconds doesn't start yet. You get 30 seconds to think of the most exciting thing that ever happened to you. Maybe it was the birth of a child. Maybe it was your wedding day. Maybe it was a movie you saw. Maybe it was something you saw in the theater. Maybe it was a concert you went to. Maybe you won the lottery. Maybe you got the break in your career that you've been after. Maybe it was a sporting event. Maybe something miraculous happened. Maybe God broke in and healed someone in a way you'd never been expecting. You're going to get 30 seconds to think about it. Then after those 30 seconds are up, you've got to turn to someone next to you, and you've got 30 seconds to tell them about it. And after those 30 seconds are up, they turn, and they tell you about the most wonderful thing that happened in their life. How many seconds is that in total? 90. Everybody got their thing? Everybody know who they're going to turn to? Everybody know what the most exciting thing that ever happened to them in their entire life was? You sure? Yeah, absolutely sure. We can start the clock. You need to shout yes a little louder. Thank you. All right. 30 seconds starts now. Thinking time, thinking time, thinking time, thinking time, thinking time, thinking time. Not talking time yet. Not talking time yet. Not time to talk. Just be thinking about what it is you're going to share. What is it you're going to share in 20 seconds? Includes you guys on the stage, you're not getting off. You got your thing. Ten seconds to share. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Turn to someone, 30 seconds, tell them about it. Go.
15 seconds to finish. Got to get it said quickly. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Switch. The person you were telling now tells you, switch. Fifteen. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, time's up. Time's up, shepherds. Time's up. Let's bring the noise down a little. Bring the noise down a little. Bring the noise down all the way. Was that easy? 30 seconds was too short. It's like, go on, finish, finish. I saw your, your mother just covered your mouth, but it's okay, you can finish. <laughs> it's like what? It's not long enough? Okay, so you could have done with more time. So who was talking about a sporting event? Who was talking about a, a, a birth of a child? Who was talking about getting married? Who was talking about a, something that happened at work? Who was talking about winning billions of dollars on the lottery? Okay. Or dreaming of winning billions of dollars on the lottery, right? Who was talking about the best movie they ever saw? If it was, if that's the best thing that happened in your life, people, seriously, right? Who was talking about a sporting event? Thank goodness we have, oh, okay, all right. There's two, best thing that happened in your life was a sporting event. You've got a life ahead of you. There's going to be better things, I promise you. <laughs> but imagine if the thing you'd just seen was what happened in the scripture. Imagine that we were all awake at night doing whatever the job was, and suddenly this angel shows up. And the angel shows up, and the angel says, Jesus, God, is about to be born as a little baby in a manger. And we're afraid, the scripture says. We're terrified because we've never encountered an angel before. And when we calm down, it gets worse because suddenly the heavens open and there's the host of angels. It says the armies of heaven. What does that look like? What, does the armies of, what do the armies of heaven look like? That might be a bunch of angels. Terrifying. And when it's all quiet again and we're back in the field again, maybe someone nudges someone and says, was I dreaming? No, we saw it too. And then just like you try to do then, you do what they say, but the story's not over yet because when you get to Bethlehem, it's exactly as the angel said, and then you're full with all of this. You're filled with the greatest story that's ever happened in human history, better than anything you just shared. So the hype you just shared with, then some. The excitement you shared with, then some. The sense you had that you didn't have enough time to say it, more. The magnificence of the story, the wonder of the story, the awesomeness of the story, the power of the story, the sense of wonder, the sense that you experienced something special. 
And as I said at the beginning, I was wondering whether these shepherds were special people, whether they were extra holy, whether they'd made room for God. Because we often say, and it's easy to say, I could say this to you now, that you will have a Christmas experience that's great if you make room for God. But I don't know that the shepherds did that. Just as they were at work at night and God breaks in. And so can this be our prayer this Christmas? That whatever we're doing, in the midst of Christmas, movies, food, presents, family arguments, whatever we do, that God will break in. Is that a fair thing to ask this Christmas? That just like the suddenly that happened in the scripture, that God will suddenly break into our lives, suddenly grab our attention, suddenly intervene in our situation, suddenly transform our ordinary experience with his extraordinary. That's my prayer for myself, is that our prayer for one another this morning, if it is, would you just say, amen, amen. And the funny thing is, of course, even though in famous movies they make a lot about little baby Jesus, he doesn't stay like that. The little baby born in a manger doesn't stay a little baby. The miracle of the story continues as he grows. And God walks among us because he loves us that much. And he grows and he becomes a man. And he waits 30 years before he really starts his ministry seriously. When he begins to minister, he heals the sick. He gives sight to the blind. He raises the dead. He walks on the surface of the water. He calms the storms. He feeds thousands with food that wasn't enough to feed a few. And he assembles to himself a bunch of guys who he finds at the outskirts of society, and he brings them together, and many follow him. But they follow him all the way to where? They follow him all the way to a cross. And that must have been one of the hardest things in the world for his disciples, to follow him all the way to a cross, thinking that he was going to do these miraculous things forever and ever and ever, and to watch him die. But the story doesn't end there, does it? Because the miracle continues beyond the cross. And three days later, he rises again. And a little while after that, he ascends to his Father in heaven. And having said that it is better for you that I go away, because I'll send another like me, who is the Holy Spirit, to be with you forever. And that's where we find ourselves today. Jesus is the right hand of his Father in heaven, and the Holy Spirit is here for all of us. And the story I want to bring to your attention this morning is this. It's a personal story. It's a personal story that Jesus did this for every one of us. Every one of us. And even on this day, if you don't know him, you can. There's a little young guy here, Will Tuttle, who's going to be baptized in a little while, which is an extraordinary thing. I think every time someone is baptized, someone is saying that I've given my life to Jesus. I love him. I trust him. Trust him with my life. I want to live a life for him. And so before we come to that moment and before we come to communion, I'm going to read some words to you. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, everybody. And as I speak these words, if you want to say these words with me, you say these words because it's an opportunity for you to participate in the story that began all those years, again in, uh, uh, years ago in Bethlehem led to the cross, led through the cross, led to the resurrection of our Lord for our sake. This is why, these are the words I'm asking you to say if you have faith for them this morning. 
Bible, Jesus, I need you. I need you to save me. I believe that you are God. I believe you came to earth as the Son of God to save me, to die for me, for my sins. I need your grace to live. I need your life for my sinfulness that I might live my life for you.